you can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack. Welcome to Stand Out. Hey everybody, it's John. And Jeanette. And welcome to Stand Out Hosting. Today we're going to take a deep dive into the differences and the kind of the pros and cons, advantages, disadvantages of both Airbnb and Verbo, uh, which are really the primary two uh, rental platforms that people use for short-term rentals. And the folks listening to this podcast is more than likely one of those two that you're using. So both platforms offer travelers, and hopefully you've all traveled as a Verbo and Airbnb customer too, not just been a host. Both of them allow us to go out and try new things and exciting, unique, affordable accommodations around the world. But there are differences, and we do want to dive into those because they may or may not affect how you list your home or your property, which one you lean on more, etc. We're going to talk about the age demographics of each platform. Uh, We're going to talk about a few things you just need to keep in mind as a host on these platforms as as we go through the day. And just a quick spoiler alert, at the end, we're going to declare our recommendation uh, with Verbo and Airbnb. And quite frankly, our recommendation is going to be that you host on both. So stay tuned as we walk through the pros and cons of each and get to that final recommendation. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about things like the target audience, the demographics for each of the platforms. We'll talk about the target property types for each platform the booking experience, booking fees, liability coverage. And then in our bonus feature, we'll talk about what it means to be a super host or a premier host and what the requirements are and the benefits. So there's a lot of places that you can rent a home or a room or whatever. But as I mentioned a minute ago, really the two biggest ones are Airbnb and Verbo. We've all probably booked hotels through Expedia, which is actually kind of related to one of them already. But when it comes to short-term rentals, Verbo and Airbnb are king. So when you're planning a stay yourself or you're planning your rental to get ready to be listed on these these platforms, um, you really need to think about, you know, which of these platforms offers the greatest choice of accommodations, uh, which ones kind of make it easier for you, which ones make it easier for your guests. Uh, fees obviously have an effect uh, overall because at the end of the day, if you're overpriced, you're going to have a hard time getting folks to to stay with you as well. So um, again, deep dive today on those two accommodations uh, platform sites. And Jeanette, I think you should just take this and run with it. All right. I'll just give you sort of a brief uh, look at what the main differences are between the two. So for example, um, if you're for the guests, if uh, in VRBO, the booking fees vary between five percent to fifteen percent of the subtotal, whereas in Airbnb, the guests will typically pay under fourteen percent of the subtotal. But there's also you can find fees as high as twenty percent. Uh, so I, it sounds like a big difference, but um, you'll see as we as we talk a little bit more about it, it. 
it kind of evens out. But yeah, I mean, when I look at our listings, I cannot really tell a huge difference in fees, to be honest with you, Jeanette. Yeah. So let's talk about properties. So VRBO or Verbo, uh, they have a smaller network of properties, whereas uh, Airbnb has a larger network of properties. Uh, And uh, one of the biggest difference, I think, VRBO, you can only rent out the entire property. Whereas Airbnb, uh, they include partial property rentals. Like just a room. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's probably one of the main differences. Uh, so that's for the guests. So let's talk a little bit about for hosts. So uh, for the commission rate charged to the host, um, for Verbo, it's 5%. Plus, uh, they charge the 3% credit card processing fee. Um, also, uh, for Airbnb, the host commission rate is typically 3%, but it can be higher. Um, like for Italy and hosts, I guess, with super strict cancellation policies, it can be higher. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, apparently, Verbo offers a some kind of an annual subscription fee, which we've read about. Uh, where you pay $499 and you um, that covers unlimited bookings. We looked all over the place. We could not find that. So it's not available to us in North Carolina, but um, check it out. Maybe it's available to you. I mean, that for us, that would be a lot cheaper. Yeah, I've read about that, but I, I don't remember seeing that when we set up our property. I went and tried to change our, uh, our you know deal with them to move it to subscription. And it's not even a choice that literally says plans available to you. And it's the one that we use now, which is the pay per booking. So they've either looked at our performance and said, no way, we want this people to do that. Or like you said, maybe it's not available in North Carolina, or maybe, maybe they offered it for a while and they don't offer it anymore. I don't know. I, you know, one thing on this entire podcast, I just want to disclaimer up front. No sooner will we speak about these topics today that both platforms will change their website and not make half of it true. I'm sorry, but that maybe not half, but 10% of it. For example, if you Google how to set up your subscription as your method of payment for the platforms, then the menu items they tell you to use on the website don't even exist. They've changed the names and everything else. And these are stories written in January of this year. Anyway, don't be frustrated with us. We're reporting the news today. Things change very quickly in this space. Yeah, I mean, we're learning as we go. And I one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because we have had to learn so much on our own. And so we're, we want to help people out and at least give them a head start. So uh, the other uh, thing to just point out for each platform, uh, Verbo, they have a thing called super, uh, premier host status. And uh, similarly, Airbnb has the super host status. So Similar, not quite the same, but something to keep in mind. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, And the other thing that they both have uh, is they have pricing recommendations based on demand. Um, And these these two platforms, they used to be a lot more different, and they seem to be sort of becoming a lot more the same. Um, They're kind of copying each other, which is great. It kind of makes it a little bit easier. So that's kind of... A, a comparison in a quick nutshell or a small nutshell. Kind of side-by-side view of the two. So let's, let's go back in time in the time machine here because I think it will help all of us to kind of think about where each of these started because it, 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 even today who, with who they cater to, it's kind of a legacy from how they started. So Airbnb was started in 2008. 
And to me, that sounds like yesterday, but um, that's getting up there in years already for the tech world. Um, it quickly has become one of the most popular vacation rental platforms in the world, as, as we all know, uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, Airbnb offers a wide range of accommodations. Like Jeanette said, everything from a private room in a larger space to entire homes like Verbo only offers. Apartments, I've seen airplanes in the forest and containers. And of course, we have a houseboat. That's kind of a uh, Airbnb specialty. It's this unique experiences and things like that. The, the backpack story on, on Airbnb, a uh, dude named Brian, another dude named Joe, uh, living in San Francisco, super broke, like most people in San Francisco. They decided to rent out their air mattresses in their apartment uh, to some attendees of a conference coming to town there in San Francisco, and were able to get people to bite and stay there. So their original service was called Air Bed and Breakfast, and of course, it turned into Airbnb as we know it today. So cool. I didn't know that story. Uh, the privately held company now lists more than 3 million lodgings in nearly 200 countries. Um, and at the time of this podcast, it is worth $31 billion, with a B, more than Hilton, Wyndham combined. And it's closing in on Marriott. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard once that like the world's largest hotel chain, you know, doesn't own, own a single hotel, which is sort of a tongue in cheek with Airbnb. So good job, Airbnb. I wish I thought of it uh, back in 2008 myself. Verbo, on the other hand, and, and by the way, just a quick uh, pause, you hear Jeanette and I sort of interchangeably use Verbo and VRBO because we've been working with VRBO for a long time when it was VRBO and the whole rebrand and the Verbo thing came much later. So Verbo was founded in 1995. Um, originally was called Vacation Rentals by Owner. And frankly, it looked like a Craigslist. It had zero pizzazz, zero sex appeal, maybe a couple pictures. It was just a classified ad to sell uh, your space, and they took a cut. It's now owned by Expedia and is, uh, is a you know, suitor, a very, very good competitor to Airbnb. Again, the big difference we talked about a minute ago, if you're working with Verbo, you're getting the entire home as a guest. You're getting the entire home, the entire space, the entire houseboat, airplane, whatever it is. You're not getting one room of another space. So um, that, that is a really big difference that is going to probably keep coming up as we go through there. Um, Verbo has been around longer than Airbnb, but again, Airbnb is sort of beating it a little bit right now? Yeah. According to tip ranks, Airbnb had nearly 37.45 million visits in January 2023. On the other hand, VRBO had just over 27.6 million. So quite a few less million. That's one month of, of hotel nights, so to speak. So that's pretty impressive. So last year, we had about 60% of our stays were Airbnb, 40% Verbo. I checked that this morning. But again, our property is unique, and we probably, having a houseboat, kind of targets a little bit more of that Airbnb, youthful crowd, unique stay, I want to stay in the tree fort kind of attitude, where, again, Verbo tends to be a little bit more of the big families. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Airbnb, Verbo audiences. So for Airbnb and BRBO, um, you don't, they don't necessarily target a specific type of traveler, but there are some differences in the demographics that they attract. So for example, um, Airbnb, since its launch, they've aimed at young, adventurous travelers looking for 
budget-friendly accommodation options. So these guests also, they want to, you know, they want that authentic travel experience, mostly in urban destinations. Um, but over the years, uh, the customer base has changed um, and evolved. And so guests who book on Airbnb now, they're no longer just budget conscious. Um, you know, those millennials craving that live like a local kind of experience. Uh, so anyway, now this audience is much more diverse. So for example, uh, Airbnb now attracts business travelers looking to book entire apartments instead of a hotel room. And apparently the company has its own luxury uh, collection and it's called Airbnb Lux. I did not know this, but they cater to the, the more discerning travelers. And what does that mean? So what they do is they provide Airbnb's highest end homes um, and they have strict inspections and they include a dedicated custom trip designer and the, who can incorporate like chefs and drivers, massage therapists, stuff like that. So we've never seen it. We've never rented a Lux place, perhaps because of our budget. I think we're, I even we've booked $15,000 a week homes for large family gatherings and this still hasn't popped up for me. So I, I don't know what level of home this is, but again, it's worth talking about because it's in our research it showed up. But again, I just have not seen these places presented to me anyway. I think you have to look for them. Yeah, that could be. While a large piece of Airbnb's audience prefers vacation rentals over hotels because they might be cheaper, guests who book on Verbo don't necessarily consider cost as the primary factor in their decisions. Uh, so thanks to the large portfolio that v VRBO has of entire homes in really sought after tourist destinations, Verbo is more popular with families and larger groups that are traveling together. Yeah, I think if I were to just, again, just in a nutshell, and you're, I know you're going to talk a little bit more about this, but again, just to keep us on track, if you're having a 16 family member you know, a reunion in the mountains of Aspen, Colorado, I can almost promise you you're going Verbo. If you're and your spouse are trying to get a romantic getaway in some really unique location, um, high touch, super funky, I can almost promise you you're going to find it more Airbnb. Again, to Jeanette's point a minute ago, they're coming together. They're not as different from one another as they used to be. But as a rule of thumb, again, one started as an air mattress in San Francisco, one started as a Craigslist for whole homes. They're, they're still not that far from that legacy. But again, at the end of this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about how you can play both to your advantage. So again, we're not trying to talk you into one or the other, but it could affect how you do your write-up or how you do your listing for your home based on that you know what the audience is. As we mentioned before, the major difference between Airbnb and VRBO is the types of property they allow hosts to list. So with Airbnb, you can you can rent out the entire place or you can rent out a private room in a portion of a place or you can even rent out a shared room. You can have guests sleep in a room that they may be sharing with others. That's just bizarre. So I, I'm, I know I'm kind of old school and anyone under 30 is laughing at me on this podcast, but again, I, I can't, I'm not sure I could rent this, the non-shared, you know, home. I certainly couldn't rent like 
you know, a bed in a room with five other beds and not at, not at this point in my life, Jeanette, sorry. Yeah. But if you're on a budget, it might be the way to go. And if you're young and you want to meet new people, I, I did, I do remember when I was looking for houses uh, to rent for our family and I was on Airbnb and I found this awesome house um, with a pool. And then I realized, oh, so we would have a few rooms and then other people would have a few rooms and then we'd all share the pool. And I realized that wasn't for us. But if you're, if you're young and you're just want to explore and meet people, it might be the way to go. It's like a youth hostel. Yeah. And it was probably, it was a lot cheaper. So something to keep in mind. Unlike Airbnb, VRBO does not allow you to just rent a portion of your home. So they are obviously targeting audiences like us who, um, you know, we want, we want to rent a house for our whole family and we want the whole place to ourselves. We want some privacy. Uh, so that is the probably biggest difference between Verbo and Airbnb. I think if we ever got a property or built something, Jeanette, that had, you know, a super separate rooms, maybe a shared kitchen, shared pool, shared fire pit, you know, I might rethink my my negativity on that it might be a way to do that. But again, just the, the, our houseboat would just wouldn't work. If you people upstairs would be stepping all over the people downstairs, you're sharing a kitchen. There's only one way in and out of the property. Really. I, I just don't, I don't think that'd be a good fit. Now, if you're only running part of your home, um, you're probably done with the podcast, frankly, because you know, Airbnb is your, your platform. Yeah. And it actually, you know, when you think about how expensive houses are, housing is these days, I mean, it might be a way for you to keep your home is to be able to rent out part of it. So, I mean, it's, it could be a cool idea if you have the right property. So let's switch to the guest experience on each of these. Your, your client, the guest who you want to make happy. Let's talk about their uh, experience when booking on the two platforms. Now, it used to be that they were really different than each other because uh, Airbnb would always be an instant book. The second somebody uh, tried to book your property, it would accept it. They're booked. You really didn't have any say. You know, once you saw their picture and you're like, oh my goodness, do I really want to rent to this family of 20 in this picture? Uh, that it didn't matter because you were booked. Whereas Verbo, you had to approve it. As Jeanette said earlier, they've come together now and both platforms allow you to, to select instant booking. I don't remember if they call it exactly the same thing, but it means the same thing where when somebody uh, books with you, it automatically accepts it based on whatever criteria in some cases that you put in. Now we have our settings set that if somebody with no reviews or they have bad reviews, it instantly hangs up and allows us to review the inquiry and gives us a minute to, to take a look at what they're hoping to do. They usually tell you a little bit about their stay gives us time, quite frankly, if we want to stalk them on Facebook or something and see what's going on. Um, and certainly if they have a poor review, uh, we may just not accept the inquiry and say, we have a concern with this, uh, with this inquiry. We're going to say no. Yeah. Basically what we're saying is reviews matter. And uh, we take a look at the reviews every time. The guest review. Yes. The guest reviews. Um, so before using either platform, there are a few things that users should keep in mind. First, it's important that you read the guest reviews uh, as it's it's for the guests to check out our property reviews. We also want to check out their reviews. It's your first line of defense. And um, a guest with poor reviews is very likely to commit the same sins at your place. So are you really willing to take the risk? Uh, we're not. 
Yeah, and there's some other red flags that I would just say as a host, both Airbnb and Verbo, they have kind of built into their algorithm when they see inconsistencies, maybe a possible scam. And they've been pretty good about it with us. We uh, will get an inquiry from Bill that just says, hi, I made that up, but that's the kind of stuff we get. And they instantly, we get on tagged onto that. Does this look fishy? Does something look off? Please let us know. Be very careful accepting this. Again, I don't know if maybe there's something else in their algorithm too, Jeanette, that's like uh, this person's done it to 50 people that night and it sees that and knows something's weird. But again, we're going to handle some of this in another podcast, but we are going to talk in a few minutes about some things to watch out for because there are some scams that go on on these things. Yes, I do feel good that these algorithms are out there to help protect us. Um, And that's another reason why we like using these platforms. Let's talk a bit about cancellations on each platform. Um, It's important that you understand the cancellation policy of the platform that you're using and the specific accommodation. For Airbnb, they offer several different cancellation policies ranging from flexible to strict. Um, And these policies will dictate how much of the booking costs will be refunded in the event of a cancellation. Verbo also has uh, different cancellation policies. And as a host, you can choose between strict, moderate, or flexible. So very similar in how they handle this. Users should make sure to understand the cancellation policy before booking. Your guests should make sure they understand the cancellation policy before they book, um, as it can have significant financial implications if travel plans change unexpectedly. Both platforms offer various insurance plans that are available to protect their investment in case of an unexpected emergency or an event that prevents them from making their trip. As owners, you need to be aware that cancellations happen and they can have a significant impact on your income. We, it, just, it happens to us sometimes too. We had a cancellation for a very, very um, popular weekend in Wilmington and it didn't, you know, they canceled, they got their money back, but we didn't rebook because there wasn't enough time. So if someone cancels at the last minute, you might be tempted to refund them all their money back. But keep in mind that you will lose out on that income because there is no time for someone else to book. It also affects your cleaning crew. They're going to miss out on that cleaning job. Yeah, I think, you know, just to put a pin on that one, I think that encouraging your guests to get the insurance at some point in your communication early on, and then honestly just holding tight and bucking up and not giving in, um, it's no fun when somebody sends you a note, you know, uh, the two days before they're supposed to arrive and they've got COVID and they don't they feel they can't come. We've had, you know, somebody died in the family. We can't come. I don't mean to be not have a heart here, but at the end of the day, they booked it. They were at risk. Something changed their plans. They can't come. And I, let's just hope they have insurance for their sake. I, I just I hate to say it, but just giving that money back, it's just money right out your bottom line. You had nothing to do with their COVID, nothing to do with the death in the family, nothing to do with their flight changes. You just got to, you got to hold tight. That's why we encourage our guests to get insurance. We also get insurance when we rent places out. Um, and obviously if you cancel, if, if there's a cancellation within 30 days or 60 days, then they, they get their money back or at least partial money back. But I'm talking about last minute cancellations when there's no chance of rebooking. But whatever you do, don't let your guests talk you into going around the cancellation policy and refunding their money, right? It, it might, even if it's 
fairly early on and you're like, oh, I got 20 days till somebody does it. Don't do it. Uh, follow your policy. If it's inside your policy where it's time to trigger either 50% or 100% of they still have to pay, hold them to it and let the insurance company do what they do and what they got paid for. I mean, insurance companies get a lot of, a lot of money to, to cover these type of things. Both platforms offer secure payment systems to protect the host and the guest. Uh, Airbnb uses a payment system that makes sure that the guest payment is held until 24 hours after they check in. So if you're a guest on Airbnb, your money is not dispersed to the host, in this case us, until 24 hours after you've been there. And that gives you a chance to say, wait a minute, I was advertised a six-bedroom home on the beach, and this is a container home 20 miles up the hill, right? You, that, not that that happens very often, but that's why that's that way. Uh, Verbo offers really the same thing now, 24 hours after check-in. Um, I have noticed, Jeanette, that we don't necessarily get paid on the exact same schedule with the two of them, but it's within a couple of days. I, I feel like Airbnb maybe is a little bit quicker, but I mean... Maybe the weekend doesn't count as a day for them where Verbo, they wait till Monday or whatever, but um, it, we get paid within a couple of days um, from every stay after somebody's in our, in our home. Except for the first time, the very first guess that you have, uh, your uh, rental check uh, will probably take like a couple of weeks. And I don't know why that is. I think it's just an extra security measure um, since it's your first time. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. So that was a surprise. We're like, wait, we didn't get paid, and we realized, oh, we got to wait a little extra. But that was only for the first guest, and I think that happened in each platform. And then I would just say, ninety-five, ninety-six percent of the time. Everything is going to go as planned. The people check in. They're happy. Nobody complains. The payment gets done. Very smooth for everyone, the host, the guests, and everything. But on these type of platforms and in a world we live in, there is an opportunity for fraudulent activity. So we're going to talk briefly about that because we want you to be, and that's true on both platforms. I know we're comparing the two, but you're just as susceptible on Verbo as you are on Airbnb couple things we've seen that we'll share with you. The biggest one is people wanting to do a deal outside the platform, right? So it's it's tempting. I don't think it's as tempting for us because we have a pretty high dollar amount every night. But you know, if you're getting 80 bucks a night for your place or 100 bucks a night and somebody says, hey, I'll, I'll book for a couple of weeks, but let's go around the platform and you'll get all the money and all that kind of stuff. I could see how that would be tempting. But I would ask you to hit the brakes. You know, do you really want to be out on an island all by yourself no liability insurance, nobody to call when something goes goes wrong, um, no review done that matters uh, because you did this outside of the platform. Um, so again, that's that's one that can take place. And then again, there's people that will try to want to overpay you and want you to pay them back the difference. Uh, that has not happened to us, but I've read that as being an example. Um, and of course, the point there is they've paid for their stay with a fraudulent credit card, and then they want you to pay real your real dollars to them because they accidentally overpaid you, and then they get your real dollars, and they're in your house, and then they escape before anything can happen. Those are the two big ones that that uh, we have seen. But again, Airbnb and Verbo, each one of them has a $1 million liability insurance over you, kind of an angel looking over you from an, a liability standpoint that you're just not going to get if you do a deal outside uh, under the table. Yeah. So let's talk about what's covered under these policies. Host liability insurance covers you if you're found legally responsible for bodily injury to a guest or others, 
damage to or theft of property belonging to a guest or others, damage caused by a guest or others to common areas like building lobbies and nearby properties, pools, pools, um, uh, marina decking, (laughs) Um, host liability insurance does not cover the following, damage or injury resulting from something done intentionally, damage to your place or belongings caused by a guest, that's covered by host damage protection. Other exclusions may also apply, so be sure to read the fine print. So let's hit the brakes here. Then we didn't plan this, but let's just talk through these examples, right? So bodily injury to a guest. Again, that's your dryer falls on somebody, right? Or somebody falls down the stairs. Damage to or theft of property belonging to a guest. So again, your guest goes to the beach all day. They come home and all their money is stolen out of the side table or whatever. Um, and then like you talked about, damage caused to the common areas of your condominium, the pool, the marina you live in, whatever. Uh, those, that's what's covered by that liability. Right. And if you've ever stayed in a VRBO or Airbnb rental, you know that as a renter, you have the option to purchase additional damage protection. We have done that. So if your guest and someone in your group causes damage to the property, uh, then you're responsible for the cost of repair. And so that's where the insurance comes in. And that's happened to us on very, very rarely. But somebody, we had a guest that pushed the speaker cones in on our speakers. We talked about this in an earlier podcast. Um, I was able to fix it myself for about 45 bucks by buying the parts. We submitted the damage claim. They paid it. No harm, no foul. Everybody was happy. That's how it's supposed to work. So John's talked a little bit about people trying to go around the platform. Um, And actually, we've been approached to do that a few times. Uh, We've rented from a host that um, asked us for our email address and basically said, hey, next time you want to come, just email us and we'll go around the platform and we can save you some money. Now, we don't recommend that. However, if you want to go around the platform and host it yourself, make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. Make sure you hire a lawyer to draw up an ironclad renter's agreement and make sure you have the proper insurance. And you'll want to be really careful um, about who you allow to rent your place. So you'll want some kind of a vetting process. And remember, there's no reviews. I mean, re- reviews are currency. I mean, the reviews are power, they're money, they're, they're whether you're the host, so you get people to come stay or the guests, as we talked about earlier, reviews matter. And if you do this, and we're only talking about this tonight because some people do it, we're not recommending it. Um, again, if you, if you want to go and create your own, you know, dynasty here and have multiple properties and a legal team and all that stuff, maintenance crews and all the stuff that it takes to go around the platforms, you know, again, knock yourself out. To me, that's not part of this podcast. We don't recommend it. We would not do it. I would just charge, you know, 50 bucks a night more and just bake in the fees I'm paying if they went up at Airbnb or Verbo versus trying to do this on my own, to be honest with you. I just think it's it's trouble. Uh, you lose that liability insurance. You lose the the platform. You lose, you know, as good a marketer as you are, you are not running ads on HETV and Fox News and MSNBC and whatever that I see Verbo and Airbnb running. They are constantly putting hooks in the water to get people to come stay at your place. Uh, why would you try to go around them? Uh, you know, be loyal, stay on the platforms. That's our recommendation. Now that you know the main differences between Airbnb and Verbo, 
um, you might have an idea of which platform might work best for your business. Um, however, we don't think it has to be an either or. In fact, a lot of hosts find it extremely beneficial to list on both Airbnb and Verbo. Um, and even if they only have one or a couple of listings. And the reason is because the more exposure you get, the better, right? And as we mentioned before, Airbnb and VRBO target different audiences and reach different traveler demographics. One guest who's searching on Airbnb may not be searching on VRBO and vice versa. So if you want to maximize your occupancy and increase your bookings, you should just list on both. So how, how do you do them both at the same time? So uh, I will tell you, thank goodness for technology, because it's not as bad as you would think. A couple things you need to do if you're going to be on both of these platforms at the same time. The first one's not even on my list here. I'm, I'm just making this up, Jeanette, but it's true, which is please take into consideration some of the stuff we talked about when you create your listing. So if you're writing your Airbnb listing, think about that younger, adventurous traveler that's willing to not even have the whole space. That's their mentality. If you're doing your verbal listing, you should be talking about families and gathering areas and things like that. First thing you want to do is sync your calendars. So Airbnb and Verbo both have a calendar uh, agent. Their APIs is what they're called. And they will allow you to share one with the other. And then you got to go do the exact opposite on the other side. And what that lets you do is make sure that your availability is always up to date so that you don't get double bookings. And this has happened to almost everybody we know until they did their syncing. Because maybe a, maybe a concert gets listed, Jeanette, and it's Darius Rucker is going to be at the pavilion next door to our houseboat. And five people are trying to book at the same time on multiple platforms. And you get two bookings. And now, guess what? Remember what Jeanette talked about a minute ago with cancellations? You have to cancel as a host. And that hurts you, hurts you bad on your, on your reputation and everything else. So um, by syncing these calendars um, online with uh, both of these these. Uh, platforms using the iCal format, one with the other and, and vice versa, you end up with about a 20 minute risk factor while they're trading information uh, to risk a double booking. And knock on wood, this has not happened to us ever since we did the syncing of the iCalendars across both these platforms. What about Google Calendar? I, I think we tried to do that. How did that? We never ended up doing that, did we? No, we did it. It works. It actually works great from a technology standpoint which is I can share those same iCal APIs from uh, VRBO and Airbnb and feed them into my Google Calendar and it's beautiful rainbow of colors and it does pick up the data. What's frustrating is one of the platforms, I don't remember which one's which, it doesn't matter. One of them puts, for a two night stay, puts a three day block on the Google Calendar. For the other one, for a two-night stay, it puts a two-night block. And so unless you are absolutely a code breaker, like your cleaner that you want to share it with, as an example, them trying to remember, okay, wait, it's pink, so that's Airbnb, and that means it's a three nights, is really only two-night stay, but it shows two nights, but that's Verbo, so that's actually also two nights, you will end up with a cleaner showing up right in the middle of somebody's stay or something. I'm convinced of it if you try to use the Google Calendar. So what we do is we sync the two calendars and then we produce sort of manually for our cleaners in a short, shorter viewpoint. Here's what's happening in April. Here's what's happening in May. Here's what just changed for April. Here's what just changed for May. Um, it keeps us honest. It keeps us watching the calendars. But until 
that Google Calendar can handle them the same way. And another way to say this, Jeanette, when you look at a Verbo or Airbnb calendar on their platforms, they show that little half day slice. Yeah. Right. And it's like half day slice at the beginning because they came in in the afternoon, half day slice at the end when they check out because they're leaving in the morning and somebody else can half day slice right up against it. Google Calendar can't handle that information. So, again, they don't even handle it the same as each other. So you look like you have an open day and then you tell the guest, hey, you want to stay a little bit later? No problem. Nobody's coming in. Well, no, it's because the Google Calendar didn't, didn't know how to handle that half day. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so Google Calendar is probably not the way to go. I would say this too. I found that the Verbo calendar is easier to read. And so when I communicate with my cleaner, I basically take a screenshot of the Verbo calendar. It shows the Airbnb reservations and the Verbo reservations together, and it's just generally easier to read. I wish they were better. I mean, they don't, one of them puts the person's name in it, the other one doesn't, you know, it'd be so nice to just, if they would get a little bit closer together, how they do it. But again, I, I'm convinced that as much as they've copied each other, there's also a committee or department in each of the platforms. It's like, how can we be different? Let's not be the same as them. If they do this, we'll do that. Because in the calendar standpoint, I really wish they would just behave the same way. Yeah, I'm sure they will improve this over time. And by the time you're listening to this, who knows, it might be completely different because, you know, it's technology never stays the same. So that is the difference between Airbnb and Verbo. Again, our final recommendation, drum roll, please, is to do both of them, do them right, customize them to the kind of audience that you know. We, we probably need to go back and look at ours, Jeanette, because honestly, when we did our listing, I didn't have all this information. So uh, we might want to adventurize, youth, youthfulize the Airbnb a little bit and family up the Verbo. So I'll, I'll put, put that on my homework assignment. For our bonus this week, we're going to talk about how to become a premier host or a super host. VRBO calls it the premier host, and your eligibility is based on all of your listings in your account achieving the following. Number one, an average review rating of 4.3 or higher. Hopefully that you get all five O's. Uh, Number two, a booking acceptance rate of 90% or higher. Number three, an owner-initiated cancellation rate of 5% or lower. That's actually pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, you really don't want to cancel if you don't have to. But that's one in 20, so it's, it's not a ton. Yeah. Um, and if you have a really good reason, I don't think you get counted um, against, but... Um, no, you get... There's really no cancellation reason that they, that they like. Okay. They, they're all... They all ding you. I mean, if you can show like that they're threatening, you know, I'm staying at your house, but you better give me a deal or you better make it perfect or I'm going to give you a bad review. If there's something dumb like that they do, you could probably get out of it as I'm not comfortable with this guest. That's one of the choices. But there's no cancellation reason that, that they like. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Next, three or more verbal reviews. And then finally, five bookings or 60 booked nights. So if you can meet all of these requirements, VRBO will probably make you a premier host. With Airbnb, they call it super host. And to qualify, you must be a listing owner with an account in good standing who has met the following criteria. Completed at least 10 trips 
or three reservations that total at least 100 nights. You must maintain a 90% response rate or higher, and we'll talk about this. Uh, You must maintain a less than 1% cancellation rate. So Verbo was 5%, Airbnb is 1%. And there are some exceptions for for these um, that fall under extenuating circumstances, which is what we were talking about before. I mean, there are some reasons that you can't help it, you have to cancel. Right, I I think Airbnb is a much tighter cancellation with 1%, but they do have extenuating circumstances to, you can plead your case. With with Verbo and the 5%, it's just 5%, and we don't want to hear your story. Okay. Um, the, uh, the last thing is they want you to maintain a 4.8 overall rating. So that's even higher than Verbo. Uh, and then... Um, what they say is a review counts towards superhost status when either both the guest and the host have submitted a review or the 14-day window for reviews is over, whichever comes first. So in a nutshell on the two sort of high-profile, you know, superhosts and premier, we found premier host to be pretty easy. Uh, you only need the the uh, five stays, I believe it is, and three reviews. You need a 4.3. You know, we got we started in uh, the month of February, the year we did, and the evaluation was for February and March, and we hit it our very first time. Superhost for Airbnb, that is more difficult, not just because of the 10 stays that you need. 4.8 is a very high bar to meet for a lot of people. That's a tough, uh, tough number to hit. So to me, of those two designations, I mean, you want them both, let's be honest, but the Superhost one to me carries more weight. And if you think about our recommendation, which is to do both, every time somebody books on VRBO, you're getting that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh uh, guest. But it, now that those dates are booked for that Airbnb, can't get in there. So maintaining those 10 stays every quarter when it's only half of your stays, you can see that starts to get that starts to get a little dicey. We've been fortunate enough to keep it ever since we've had it. I think we just had our fourth quarter, Jeanette, of that and got some invite to something. Remember, uh, both platforms really pay attention to your response rate with your guests. So you really want to get back to them as quickly as possible. Uh, If they have an inquiry, a question, or if they book your place, make sure you get back to them right away. They track how quickly you respond. Yeah, and they're looking for a quick, you know, you know, hours is what they want based on the what we've seen, not not days and weeks to get back to folks. Yeah, and they will remind you. They will say, hey, so-and-so is waiting. So um, they really do uh, try to remind you in case you were busy and you missed it or something like that. Now, keep in mind that, I think, Jeanette, you may have mentioned this, uh, not with these words, but both of the platforms call these these superior you know things that you hit at the mountaintop super host and premier host as being invitation only so just meeting them alone they leave themselves some wiggle room and i've seen i follow some uh, groups on facebook and stuff and i've had people i've seen people on there that have met everything and still have not been invited now i don't know what those uh, backdoor get out of jail free things are for the platforms are but I have heard instances where even hitting all this stuff you still aren't invited I don't know if it's because your your space is too cheap or too small or something else but it, they, they 
they call it by invitation only. So just don't hold us accountable if you don't get it, even though you meet all these criteria that they've they've served up to you here. So beyond the bragging rights, uh, when you become an Airbnb super host, you will receive rewards. So if you're able to maintain your super host status for a year, Airbnb will gift you with credit on your one year anniversary, which you can spend on an Airbnb trip. You may even receive invites to exclusive Airbnb events. But be careful, you won't receive credit if the badge is stripped from you in less than a year. A Superhost badge can be revoked if the terms and conditions are violated. Airbnb checkup on Superhost activity is four times a year, quarterly, to make sure that you're maintaining their standards. So you also get priority support. Uh, that's kind of like when you have a you know, platinum credit card, you get a special phone number to call. You don't have to wait in line with everybody. It's kind of the same thing. Um, you just get better support from Airbnb if you need it. And we found out firsthand that as a guest, it actually helped us with priority support. Jeanette talked about some of the challenges we had with the recent Mexico trip where we had hosts trying to get us to cancel and things like that. And at one point, I think we had three Airbnbs booked, all fully paid pretty much and waiting for the host to cancel so we could get our money back. Jeanette made one call to Airbnb support. They saw our history as hosts and everything just went away. They were awesome to work with. So getting that uh, priority status was really nice and uh, they took care of the problem right away. Now, the other thing that you get is more bookings, which is really what we want, right? So as a super host, customers are more likely to trust you and choose you over hosts who don't have that super host badge. So it's your badge that's really going to make your profile stand out, which is exactly what we want to do. So they'll also feature you as guests in search results and in emails. So if you reach that super host status, expect your bookings and inquiries to increase. And then you know, ultimately, as a super host, you will earn way more revenue. The on average uh, Airbnb reports at 22% more revenue makes it to super host than others. And again, it's that badge of honor, all jokes aside, and that confidence builder for your guests that's looking at your property versus others and says, hey, they're super host, this is a big deal. Right, and with VRBO, their premier host uh, status, you get uh, similar benefits. For example, you get a premier host badge, you get the premier host filter, you have access to their boost program, which um, improves your search position. I don't know, John, can you explain that? Yeah, so boost is a kind of an ongoing, as you're you know, renting and having revenue come through your Verbo account, it's building up sort of like a, you know, like a cash back almost thing like you would with a credit card. It's not huge amounts, but there are these boost points. And then I can then kind of use those as currency. I can't buy a cup of coffee with them, but I can use them as currency to sort of bid certain dates. So for example, our June, for whatever reason, is super open right now. I'm going to use those boost points for the month of June, all of them, and it moves us up. And it, it'll actually say in there, Jeanette, like you would have been the 16th uh, property on a Wilmington search. Now you'll be the fifth or whatever. It kind of shows you that, it, how, how many points you do, what it does to your search position. And it's just moving yourself up in the verbo search. Very cool. I think that's really powerful. I'm, I'm sure that will relate to more bookings. So 
you really do want to try to do your best to get that pre- premier host or super host uh, badge as soon as you can. That's your goal. And as soon as you get it, the marketer in me has to say, get that badge on your website. We haven't really talked about websites much, but assuming you have a website for your property, your Facebook and Instagram page for your for your property, your any emails you're sending to people, your listing should have that in one of the pictures should be a premier host or super host as an image, even though it shows it anyway. You know, take that badge loud and proud, get the bullhorn out and make sure people know that you have that status. Cause it's not even in, we said Verbo is easier to get than Airbnb. Neither one of those is like a cakewalk to get. And once you get it, you stand out from a brand new listing that doesn't have it yet. You stand out from listings that maybe dip below that, that performance level, own it. It's going to add more revenue and higher prices to your, to your property. Well, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you will be super hosts and premier hosts in no time and let us know. We always love to hear from our our listeners. And that's this week on the podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm John. I'm Jeanette. And we'll see you next time on Standout Hosting.